Welcome to this edition of Rural Perspectives, brought to you by Egg Country Farm Credit Services. I'm Megan Overby for the Red River Farm Network. And joining this week's podcast is Katie Tangen, Market Education Specialist with Egg Country. Katie, thanks so much again, as always, for taking some time to talk. No problem. So a couple things that we want to talk about this week in Rural Perspectives. First, one of those being USDA released its quarterly grain stocks report this past week. Help us recap that report. Anything that stuck out about it? Um, Well, there's a fair amount that stuck out about it. Um, I don't know. It's going to lead to a lot of discussions among market analysts and I believe probably at USDA. But in the end, as far as bottom line of the market is that uh, corn stocks, which is also the carryout for the 2019 crop, because that crop year ends September 1st, is going to be 1.99 billion bushels. And that's a little bit less, um, actually 250 million bushels less than what they had projected just two weeks ago. Uh, that's a pretty large difference. And further, they went back and they restated what was in stocks on June 1st. Not that they've never done that, but it is unusual for them to do it, especially um, the size of the, the revision they made. So a lot of questions are going to come up from that. You know, if if stocks are lower than what we thought on December 1st and we're carrying in less crop year from the 2019 crop, how did that happen? Well, there's a few different ways to look at that. Um, the first is usage and the way corn usage is, is measured for the U.S. We have um, exports, which is pretty easy. That all gets reported. Um, ethanol, that's a pretty easy number to get to because that's all reported as well. So the last usage category is feed. And traditionally what USDA has done is back into that feed number. So they figure the disappearance over a quarter. Once they have that number, they take out what went to exports. They would take out what went to ethanol and what's left is feed. Using that method, we uh, use significantly more bushels for feed than USDA was projecting. So that's the first choice. The second choice is that possibly we never had um, as many bushels from the 2019 crop as we thought. Now, they, they sort of addressed that in the stocks report. They actually advised it just a hair higher. Uh, it's going to raise a lot of questions, but regardless of how they got to that number, um, two things are for sure. One, we have less bushels, and it, it does explain a lot of the market moves the past two months or six weeks, and also that feed demand regardless of production from 2019, feed demand is pretty healthy. So I think those are the two highlights from it that that producers can use and and take away. And we should see a good amount of support under the corn market because of that. And so not only did that report provide a a pretty good market rally on Wednesday, but two, is weather still a factor in these markets or, or what really as a whole is driving these markets as of late? Well, and I think, you know, whether as far as harvest progress might be uh, a question, but obviously production is is set. Uh, I think exports, which have been very, very strong for two months now, uh, continue to be a factor. What we have on the books, though, is is simply the sales. Those bushels still have to be shipped. Um, USDA has a projection for corn, uh, China's total corn purchases of 7 million metric tons. They've already purchased more than that from the U.S., so there's some questions on how that plays out. Um, but the basis, especially for North Dakota, um, South Dakota, parts of Minnesota, has been very strong. So we are seeing that 
demand pull. And I think we are seeing some of that in how the spreads have narrowed down and over the past, again, two months. And I think we're going to continue to see that through harvest. Um, If we can keep that, that would be a, a strong signal to the market that maybe we're through the worst of that lot and maybe demand is starting to pick up finally. And Katie, the other item that we need to touch on this week in rural perspectives is, of course, uh, last time we talked, which was a couple weeks ago, we had just gotten word of the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, too. So a a whole new round of CFAP assistance for farmers and ranchers. Between then and now, what have we learned about CFAP, too? You know, I think it's a pretty straightforward program. Um, when you first look at it, there's a it covers so many different crops, it gets a little bit confusing at first. But for the main crops, basically your payment is going to be based on your planted acres and your APH. Um, they'll work that back with a couple of factors that they provide. But one thing that has come up is the way that they've pulled the data from RMA with the APH is, is that times, especially for joint ventures or corporations and some partnerships, maybe not lining up. Um, and it, that's resulted in a few issues where uh, you know, maybe the second person in the vent- joint venture has gotten 85% of the ARC County average. Um, we have uh, been speaking to different people, and there is no easy fix for that. But uh, this morning at a, at a meeting with Senator Hoven, they did uh, acknowledge that they know that this is an issue. Um, they're working with RMA to see if they can try to resolve some of that. Now, as far as a timeline as when that will happen, you know, not quite sure, but a lot of this money has already, you know, gone out. It's been pretty successful in providing some stimulus. And while, yeah, we have the, the yield issues with some entity types, by and large, the money has gone out pretty quickly this time. And Katie, as we wrap up mm. another edition of Rural Perspectives, what else do we have to add in? Uh, again, not only are farmers busy this time of year with harvest, but we're working on some of these assistance programs. Uh, we're, we're trying to market some of that crop, which they're typically not doing this time of year. So how do we sum this all up into one? You know, there is a lot going on right now. And I think the right now producers, what they need to do is, you know, focus on harvest, but they can't let the other things go to the wayside either. And I think that's where working with, um, you know, your crop insurance agent to get some of this stuff done with FSA or, um, you know, the elevators can kind of help you if you have some orders in ahead of time as far as where you want um, those sales to be placed price-wise. Get as much of that done as you can so that, you know, when you have these nice weather days and it looks like we're going to be dry for the next few weeks, we can go ahead and get that crop in as quickly as possible. Well, very good, Katie. Thanks so much for taking time to talk with us this week. Thank you, Megan. That's the latest edition of Rural Perspectives, made possible by Egg Country Farm Credit Services. You can find out more by visiting eggcountry.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Megan Overby for the Red River Farm Network.